This is Mark Bagley, and you're listening to Superior Spider Talk. Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com. And I'm Mark Ginocchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 16th episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. We hope that you enjoyed our coverage of the Baltimore Comic Con, and we are looking forward to hearing all of your feedback from our coverage of the event. If you haven't listened to our interviews with Ron Friends and Paul Jenkins yet, seriously, what's wrong with you? Go out and download those episodes right now. They're amazing interviews from Dan with these two great creators who have some really thoughtful, insightful, and passionate things to say. Uh, So do that. Send us feedback. We love it. But in the meantime, episode 16, we're going to be looking at Superior Spider-Man number 18. We'll then move to listener feedback and conclude the conversation with a discussion about all of the Spider-Man news that has happened over the past month. If by any chance you want to skip to a specific section, just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. Also, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. You can email us any comments or questions you have regarding this podcast too. Superior Spider Talk at gmail.com and we'll read and answer them on the show. Also, don't forget to go to our iTunes page and leave us a review. The only way we grow as a community is through your reviews. And also, don't forget to check our Facebook page at facebook.com slash superior spider talk because it is actually a great place to keep up with us between shows as we often put up articles that we've written and other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe. And also, it's a good way to get in touch with us. And uh, another good thing that's going to be coming in our Facebook page is for those of you who don't listen to Superior Spider Talk on an iOS device, we're going to be providing all of the notes and links on Facebook going forward. Yeah, the Facebook's really like lit up recently. A lot of you guys are commenting, and we thank you guys for uh, joining us there. So if you're not already there, like Mark said, you should definitely join us. All right, so why don't we get on with Superior Spider-Man number 18. So Superior Spider-Man number 18, it's it's part two of, I, I last episode called this a two-part arc. It's actually a three-part arc, so my apologies for that. Um, all right. This felt a little scatterbrained to me, for lack of a better word. This this whole issue, it, it it's one of those things I read, read the comic, they came out, seemed to enjoy it, and then I went back, reread it for anticipation of this podcast and 
I just started to see structural flaws in how the story was being told. Um, there was a lot of misdirection, a lot of contradictions. And at the end, I just don't know if this worked, Dan. I, it's, it just seemed a little too all over the place. I mean, okay, we have Spider-Rock, Spider Otto. His priorities are shifting. First, he's after Tyler, and then he's after Miguel. And then he's, he's trying to protect his inventions at, uh, you know, from Alan Chemical. Uh, and then he's saving uh, Normie. Uh, well, he's not saving Normie. He's almost killing Normie Osborne. Then he's talking to Anna Maria. And then, then there's a Green Goblin who's actually a Hobgoblin. But then it's the Green Goblin. It's too, it's too many different tricks. And, and, and it just ends up being very muddled. And I'm not sure what the through line of this issue is. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, all the time that could be spent giving those moments you know, more time to shine and make sense. You know, it's spent on other things like reiterating the very same point that they just expressed before. It feels like we're introducing all these concepts like um, going and being a ghost in the past. Like, how does this work? Why do we care? Instead of characters doing things of real significance, they're just traveling from place to place. And if the story is going to be full of strange concepts, I'd rather stick with one and move on with it instead of spending all the time with these characters figuring out or not figuring out what all these all these concepts are. Like the concept for this issue, I think should have been Spider-Man versus Spider-Man 2099. That would have been enough for a whole issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, and and it's funny. The same, I think, kind of applies to. Miguel in this issue. I mean, I feel like Miguel is contradicting himself. Like, I, 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 like, I don't understand why. It seems like these characters just don't have convictions right now. It's, it's like, you know, Miguel is there and he's like, you know, he's in self-preservation mode in terms of trying to protect Tiberius because he's his grandfather. Though Tyler, you know, his father doesn't know that. What, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then he's he's realizing there's something up with him, but he he is friendly with Spider-Man, but he realizes there's something off about him. And then he kind of gives, you know, this, this brush, brush away that we've seen. Oh God, how many times now since Superior started where a, a character meets Spider-Rock for the first time since the brain swap notices there's something off and it's just like, well, he's strange. Hmm. Anyway, back to the, <laughs> back to the conflict. It, it, it's, Again, it's just it's just very muddied. It's not clear. I, I'm not I'm not grabbing on to these characters' stories in any way, and and it's a bit of a letdown because I felt that the last issue was a really good introduction or reintroduction of Miguel. You had the the Hobgoblin arc, which I thought was a really good look at Phil Phil Urich's character, and then this thing, it's just it's just a mess in terms of who these characters are and what they're trying to achieve here. You know what? It's funny because the the thing that's the least messy is the time travel, which is normally the problem with stories like this. But here it's all – there's just so many character interactions that don't mean anything to me here. Like is Anna Maria ever going to be more than a plot beat of a reminder that he has to do work? Are we going to see that relationship move forward? And I know it's been teased in some of the solicits, but Mary Jane checking in on him, she has one panel. Like if you're going to do something with this story, fine, do it. But – I don't need you to spend time every issue reminding me that that story is going on there, you know, in the background, but, but without actually doing anything new with it. Okay, great. Mary Jane's calling him. How many times has she done that now? Like, I get it. Like, but do something new. And you would think that her character at this point would just be like, 
why bother anymore, you know, or, or, or physically confront Peter. I, I, it, you're right. I mean, it's like, why are we going over the same old ground? And Anna Maria too. And I, I've liked the Anna Maria character since she's been introduced, but yeah, it seems like the last few issues, um, she's just becoming like token hero girl, you know, like, you know, she's just, she's cheer, you know, she's cheering Peter on at the softball game. And now, you know, I'm going to help you study, but there's no real, I feel development in the relationship there. It's just, it's, she's, she's kind of settling into that girl of the superhero archetype that we just see too many times that is just becomes uninteresting after a while. Yeah, and I'm fine with them leaving it out of this because so many of these stories take place over like a day or an afternoon. You know, like the arc storyline took place in a day maybe. And this right. one has been taking place maybe in like an hour or two. I don't need her to check in. Like if she doesn't check in, I don't forget that she exists or I don't think, oh, the universe of this book is not cohesive because – you know, maybe she doesn't call him for an hour or two, but don't have her call just to go like, "Hey, I still exist." Like, that's fine. Like, have a story arc with her that you know features their relationship. Um, that, then, that kind of stuff I'm okay with. Yeah, and then and then we have characters who should have a role in this story, but just come across really blah. Like Liz Allen. What? She, who, who is this Liz Allen? Like, I don't even know this character. Yeah, I, well, first off, I still have not been able to figure out where Alan Chemical comes from. I wonder if it's because maybe she inherited part of Osborne Industries. Uh, I, I don't even know. Right. Um, but, like, also, like, there's a huge plot beat in this of Peter getting fired from Horizon Labs that is totally underplayed. Like, this should be a big moment for him. And, you know, maybe that's the point is, like, he doesn't care at all. But, like... This is a big step for this character. Like Big Time was was launched on the back of this decision to to give him a job like this. You know, we're spending so much time on weird machinations of how time travel works and reiterating who Tiberius Stone is when maybe we could have a nice moment where like we see like Max Modell a little more broken up about the fact that one of his proudest, you know, you know, decisions as an employer was to hire to Peter, and that's completely gone back on him. I, there's an interesting moment to be had there. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the other thing I'm starting to see um, here is um, I don't know. I, I, I'm referring to it as kind of heavy-handed plot development from Slot here, and 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 let me explain it a little bit. Um, you know, well, Dan has kind of taken a break from social media for a while, but when he was still kind of plugging stuff out, he was talking a lot and he even responded to a tweet I had put out, uh, talking about this idea of the memory wipe and, and what it consists of and kind of, and he kept using this analogy, like think of it as a book. If, if Otto read the book, he'll remember it. But if he, if he didn't read that book on Peter's memory, he didn't. And that's all well and good, except, you know, we've had that mind wipe now since, what, issue 10? And it just seems like all of a sudden now we're starting to see this idea of, oh, wait, he doesn't know what his spider sense does. And, oh, wait, um, you know, he's he's meeting Miguel, but he, he you know, it must have been something that Parker remembered. It's it's I feel like it's just very conveniently starting to come out now when this was a – uh, a flaw that was otherwise ignored for the seven issues in between uh, the mind wipe and then the start of this arc. Yeah, and I don't know if that's this issue's 
fault, and I don't have as big of a problem with it, I think, as you do, because I. But the, the problem being is the the issues following the mind wipe. He knew all those characters, so there was he didn't need to access that memory like he does now. And so I wonder if maybe there should have been an issue after the mind wipe establishing a bigger problem for him. But I think issue ten kind of sets it up, like his relationship with Mary Jane is kind of weird and. But but I see what you're saying. Like it is like a, let me remind you what I do and don't know. I'm okay with him not knowing 2099. But the spider sense thing. Well, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he yeah. used it, didn't he? In the in the in the the raft arc. Yeah, like I, like I don't know how we can we can we can go from knowing spider you know like being spider-man and, and have you know inheriting everything that peter did and then you know conveniently forgetting to check into that whole buzzing tingling thing in the back of his head yeah there was a scene where he he didn't he like punch somebody because he got the spider that was that was an asm wasn't it in like 698 or 699 or something yeah absolutely he did yeah so this yeah this is this is getting i mean and i understand they're obviously using this as a setup for Otto's downfall, I'm assuming, um, because you know that's the other thing that came out of this issue. Not that I have a problem with this. I mean, we talked about this after um, Superior 14 that that you know he's got to be at the apex because if he goes any higher up on the chain, it's just going to be so beyond the realm of our imaginations that it's just not even going to be remotely fun anymore. Um, but in terms of this downward trajectory, it seems like the, the, his lack of understanding of the spider sense is going to tie into that, but it just seems too convenient for me. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. What did you think about um, Tiberius Stone and his suicide attempt? Oh, throwing himself off the building, you mean? Yeah. I mean, he's trying to prove – I mean, the guy is clearly – a self-entitled piece of crap, you know? <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> Tell but, him what you really think. I know. I mean, like, he, he's he's a really unlikable character, and I, I guess that's by design, but, you know, like, it's just kind of weird where... I mean, I feel that Miguel O'Hara is being presented as the hero in this story, and thus the hero has to protect his own interests, and thus he has to present, present, protect Stone. But Stone is such a schmuck that you just like. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I bought him trying to off himself to prove a point because he's he just such a, arrived at that point a second ago. He just arrived at that point, but like he's been presented as like this vindictive preservationalist yeah, up absolutely. until now. Yeah, you know, like I'm going to get them. I'm going to show them all what what I'm about. You know, and and you know he would risk literally killing himself to 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 do what? Because what 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 point does that serve? You know, like I I don't get who what benefits in terms of the story with that. It it serves clarifying the plot. Which had already been clarified twice over. And my big problem with this issue is just the reiteration of the relationships between the Stone family and Miguel O'Hara. Because, you know, Miguel O'Hara says it on the first page and he has a kind of goofy dialogue about getting kicked in the nuts and and how it could erase, you know, having Ty Stone or Tyler Tiberius Stone kicked in the nuts would erase, could possibly erase his timeline. But um, so that sets it up, and then we have a call from Tyler Stone from the past that says it again, and here this thing is only to further reiterate 
the the relationship between them and it's like okay i get it like it's time to move on yeah definitely this is i mean you know it was this supposed to be a two-part story that they stretched to three i don't know so the other thing is i feel like this comic just kind of ends and i know it's designed to be a cliffhanger but like i don't know if it was as suspenseful as as slot intended it to be because you know he punches him through the glass and then he kind of looks and just says what and you know i was kind of expecting to turn the page and then get the reveal which has kind of been the format of superior spider-man since this thing started there was always this kind of big reveal at the end whether it's the goblin it's shooting massacre it's whatever i mean but um yeah it just kind of like it's just so abrupt (laughs) like someone pulled the plug (laughs) Very Sopranos-esque. Yeah, I guess the implication is that he is punching Miguel O'Hara and didn't overhear about Horizon Labs going up in an explosion. And he turns back around to look at everybody and says, like, what did I – almost like, what did I miss? But the art is totally unclear about that. If that is the interpretation, that's just me spitballing it here. I I really don't know. Yeah, Um, I mean, I mean, I, I was wondering if he saw something through the time portal. And that he was reacting to that. Like, what? Like, like I don't know. Like you said, it's not clear. It's not clear, and it's kind of a really abrupt way to end a comic. Abrupt in a way that we have not seen in the series yet. Yeah. So what did you think about the art here? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, again, on first read, I don't think it bothered me. But, you know, even just going back and looking at that last panel and stuff, it just seems... I don't know. Spider-Man has never had such defined jaw bones and cheekbones, has he? <laughs> no, it's, it's weird because I don't think Stegman was drawing him this way before. Yeah, it's it seems very stylized and, and like you said, it's just kind of changing in a way that we haven't seen yet from Stegman. So that's a little odd. Yeah, and before whenever we had Stegman, you know um, – I felt like it was a breath of fresh air from Ramos, but I've enjoyed the recent Ramos issues so much. And I always like Ramos, but like his stuff is so clean and crisp and it might not be as detailed as Stegman's, but there's something like uh, effective about the storytelling and um, and the way that it flows. And I just think these past two uh, Stegman issues just haven't worked that way for me. And again, I, like I said last time, I don't know if it's the inking or the coloring, which I both don't think are as strong as they have been in the past. Um, and it's the same guy, like Edgar Delgado, who I like consider a coloring God. You know, I, I just, this was a lot of light tones and things like that here. And um, I don't know. It didn't feel as rich to me as something that I, I'd read, I've read in the past. Yeah, no, I I I agree with you on that one. It's just it, it, like I said, the, the characters seem to be changing, and I don't know precisely why. And yeah, this 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 issue was definitely definitely a bit of a letdown. So what's 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 your grade on this? Yeah, um, Mark, I'm giving this one a, a C minus. Um, as I as I've been reading through it, uh, I, I'm wondering how long these books can go um, with. Doc Ock, you know, acting this way when when we saw him with the cardiac issue and he was gaining a bit of a heart. That was a story and a character that I felt interested in. But this kind of antagonist, I think, can only hold a book as good as the supporting cast is. And I don't think that the supporting cast has been as interesting in these past two issues. So what did you what did you give it in terms for a grade? Yeah, I mean, I I went a little higher on you than you. I'm actually going to give it a C. 
Um, I, it's funny. Like, I feel like with every read, I'm lowering it more and more. Originally I was thinking, ah, it's a B. And then I was like, ah, B minus, ah, C plus, ah, now I'm at C. So let's, let's just hope I don't read it again and, and, you know, make you update the podcast. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not even so bummed about Otto. I'm just bummed about the fact that, you know, yeah, I mean, you want interesting characters, but but I also just want a very organized story. And this just felt unorganized. It felt scattered. It it, it just, it, 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 you know, I don't know what what the creative team was going for with this, but I don't think they achieved it. In the way they wanted to. I mean, you know, but the thing is, I'm still, I'm still interested in this overall storyline with Miguel and and the time travel. So I, I do want to see how this wraps up in two weeks. But yeah, this was kind of a made, you know, probably the biggest issue to issue letdown that we've had in the series so far from from last issue to this one. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think I agree with you on that one. This might be my least favorite issue um, of the run. All right. Well, why don't we talk about some of our feedback from fans? All right. Well, um, we've got a lot of feedback from iTunes, and so of course. Like always, if you go into our iTunes page and leave us a review, uh, we'll uh, read it here on the air. And you can always send us an email to superiorspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll read those and answer any questions you guys have. So uh, let's get to it, uh, Mark. So who's this first one from, Dan? This first one is from uh, Rick Dean, who's actually a good friend of the show. Um, He writes, the title is, A Big Stamp of Approval, 5 Out of 5. And he says, I used to host the Spider-Man podcast, and I have to say that these guys are excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed their Comic-Con interviews and always look forward to the reviews. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Rick. We appreciate it. Um, This second comment here is from uh, Jacob Blobaum. Hope I said that last name right. Uh, He's titled says Superior Podcasts, five out of five stars. And he writes, both of the guys really know their stuff and don't hate on Superior like other Spider-Man podcasts. It's definitely refreshing to hear positive reviews of this title. And the throwbacks that they do to older issues that connect to current issues are very interesting. Well, thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. I don't know I don't know how happy he'll be with this episode because we're neither doing a throwback and we both didn't really like the issue very much. <laughs> well, we'll stay stay tuned for the next one, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can always go up and we'll do we're definitely gonna do a throwback next time. We're gonna <laughs> alternate them from here on out. Yeah, exactly. Plus with the with the December solicitations coming out, there's a lot of news to talk about, so we kinda wanted to focus on that but let's get to this last comment here dan all right this final one is entitled excellent podcast five out of five um and it's by talent 85 also known as uh, eric garrison who's a friend of ours on the facebook page and uh he writes when so many podcasts are too nerdy or just fan noise very few stand out from the crowd this is one of them excellent coverage and thoughtful commentary on all things spider-man highly recommended Thank you, Eric. Although I do think I'm nerdy anyway, so but I'm glad that our podcast isn't too nerdy, right there. Yeah, yeah. I wear nerd as a badge of honor, but uh, you know, I think I think what he means by that is just saying that we don't get caught up in kind of 
I guess fan outrage, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to take words from his mouth. That's right. Well, you know, Eric, if you want to uh, clarify that, you <laughs> feel feel free to write in again and be like, "Well, I don't mean nerd, or I mean nerd, or whatever." It doesn't really <laughs> matter. We appreciate the comment either way. And, exactly. And I, and I agree, Mark. You're quite nerdy. Thank you very much. <laughs> so let's let's talk some Spidey news. What's what's up uh, in the Spidey news this month? Well, my goodness, we 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 had December solicitations get released um, about a week or so ago, and there's a lot of a lot of interesting things in there. Um, I think the first one related directly to Spider-Man and and our our mom and dad Spider-Man, as Stephen Wacker would say, is that uh, Peter Parker is back huh, again. Hi. Again, sort of back in the same way that he's back in Marvel Knights, uh, the miniseries by uh, Matt Kent in October, back the way he was in Savage Wolverine, back the way he was in Age of Ultron. Although I don't know if they've ever admitted that he was back in Age of Ultron. <laughs> but um, what we're going to get in December, I think this is kind of cool, are five Amazing Spider-Man number 700.1 issues. So you're going to have point one, point two, point three, point four, point five. Uh, this is... Uh, from my guesstimation, and it seems to be confirmed by the mighty folks of Marvel, it was the uh, that weekly Peter Parker Spider-Man series that Wacker talked about in the letter section in Superior a few months ago. That used uh, to also be known as Spider-Man Frost. Correct. Well, Frost seems to still be the first two parts of these point one issues. That's the David Morrell, who's the writer of uh, Rambo, and uh, Klaus Janssen, the amazing class Jansen, so that should be fun um then uh, we have point three and point four which is going to be a joe casey jen van meter and clay chapman story with art by tim green emma rios and javier rodriguez and um point five is going to be a brian reed and kevin graveau uh, that looks very french canadian to me so i'm probably mispronouncing it um uh, so these are all going to be flashbacks, untold stories. Um, I still think this is what Marvel's going to do with Pete until the Superior Era is over, whatever, whenever that is. They're going to do these little flashback stories that run concurrently. I, I, I still don't. I don't think that they're going to be pressured into ending Superior um, based on some kind of artificial timeline with the movie or anything like that, which is what a lot of people have been speculating since day one. Because I think that if they can just keep doing these little flashback stories, they can tell people, well, there's your Peter Parker. Uh, you know, that's my take. Always been my take. Yeah, I, I see it a little bit differently than you, and I think we probably discussed this before. I am excited for these stories. Um, I know the Spider-Man Frost storyline has been talked about for quite a while. And um, anything with art from Emma Rios, I get really excited about. And those books, the point three and four, are going to be kind of mini-stories. Each book has several stories about Spider-Man. One deals with bullying and, and things like that. Um, to me, this seems a lot like Wacker has a number of Spider-Man stories that were already written or drawn that were sitting on his shelf. And he was like, how do I, how do I get rid of these and, and make some money off of them? The books are like they're, – they're marketed as 40-page books, which means they're probably just – Light, slightly bigger than the normal ones, and um, 
you know, which and are this, like thirty-two pages. Yeah. Did the solicit have a price tag? Are yeah, they they're three ninety-nine a pop. So they're going to ask us to spend quite a good deal of money on Spider-Man this month, about twenty well, bucks. I, well, I wasn't certain if they were going to do four ninety-nine books like they've been doing with some of the infinities so far. So at least, at least they spared us a buck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I plan on picking these up and checking them out. I, I like done in one stories, or not even done in one, but standalone, out of continuity Spider Man stories. I think they can be good. And who knows? You know, uh, I like a lot of these creators, so it it sounds exciting to me. But they, I don't think I don't know if there's a plan. These are like new content that's been created. I think they're kind of just trying to clean out the ranks there at Marvel headquarters. Um, I guess the big question for you and I, Dan, um, you know, since since we like to talk about technicalities with our collections is, I mean, these are part of our chase for all Amazing Spider-Man, right? Because they're point one. So we, we have to include these, right? Yeah, I mean, at least now I do. I mean, now that I'm like actively buying everything, like back in the day, there might have been a couple of issues of some weird Amazing Spider-Man cross title that I didn't buy, but I plan on picking these up, so therefore they're part of my collection. It's not a very good benchmark. See, for me, because it's serial continuity, they have to. I have to count them. It's, if if this was just an Amazing Spider-Man miniseries, I don't count it. But you know, we we can talk about the technicalities until we pass out and our listeners do. Um, although I do get a lot of questions about this on Twitter, probably because Dan likes to, to uh, rip on me about some of my weird peculiar habits with collecting. But I, I, in fact, I got something on Twitter the other day saying, "So wait, you don't count the one shots?" Like, no, I don't count the one-shots unless it's in the serial continuity. <laughs> I just want you a, to get the annuals. That's all I'm asking. Oh, I know. And the annuals is one thing. But, like, I mean, like, am I going to count? I mean, yes, a couple summers ago I bought that Ends of the Earth one-shot with, uh, with uh, what's his name, uh, Union Jack. But I don't count that as part of the Amazing Spider-Man collection. Good, it's, because it's just, I didn't buy that. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Now the tables have turned. No, I mean, like it's not, it's it got to be part of the serial continuity, and and you know these point one issues seem to be this kind of f- fudgy way that Marvel works things into the serial continuity. So for these, I'll, I, I will I will I will count them and accept that these must be purchased if I'm going to say I own a complete set of Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and I agree with you. Although I was having second thoughts after six ninety nine point one. Oh. Yeah, that was a rough issue. Um, other big news: Scarlet Spider has been canceled. Um, you know, I was joking that this is the news Dan has waited so long to hear, but I know that Dan doesn't. No one likes to see comics get canceled, but um, you know, Dan Dan was very astute when he was. When we were talking about the November solicits a couple episodes ago. He he kind of his spidey sense was tingling, his cane sense was tingling that the end was nigh. Um, and then this was, this seemed very inevitable, um, in terms of, I mean, the sales have just been really putrid on this title. Um, you know, and, and I think Chris Yossi even said in an interview, if you told me that a a series about the clone of Spider-Man would go two full years, I would have never believed you. And I think that's a fair point. Um, I actually, I just read, um, Scarlet 21, the most recent one, I believe, which was you know promoted as the return of Ben Riley, but it was actually the start of this Craven the Hunter three part arc, and I actually kind of I, you know, I think if they keep going in this direction, the series at least is going to end on a high note because I feel like it's kind of coming full circle. Yeah, uh, I actually really enjoyed that issue. Yeah, I mean you know the the you know the whole King concept was reinvigorated during what was a Grim Hunt 
couple years ago. Um, and then, you know, in those issues, we had some B stories, some J.M. Demetrius, uh that kind of made this unfinished business between Craven and Scott and, and, and Kane. So it's, it, it, you know, it, it feels, it feels very appropriate. I don't know if it was planned this way that this would be the end, but um, this does feel like a very neat, tidy bow to wrap the series and to have this kind of epic final showdown with Craven. I'll be interested to see what they end up doing with the story. Yeah. Although I don't know when Craven ever met Ben Riley. That 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 kind of uh, has slipped by me. I don't know if he ever did, or, but somehow he got an idea of what the costume looked like. In- yeah, but but I mean the the thing is we we established that Kane was hallucinating. So I mean, who knows what he was actually seeing there? Yeah, that's true. That's entirely true. Um, that was that was that's that's my that was my biggest takeaway because I felt the same thing. And then I was like, well, did he actually even see Ben Riley at the end of this? And and they don't answer that and. That's fine by me. Yeah, and I'm sad to see the book go because I do like the character of Kane. I think that's a really interesting character, but I felt that the arc, the story was getting a bit repetitive and arcs were ending in really unsatisfying ways that were always big teases or like wrapped up the action too quickly. So I don't know. And I never really cared much for the supporting cast, but who would just appear and disappear at random. But, you know, I, I want to see more of this character and I, I hope he hangs around for a little bit. Um, so maybe going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Wacker has said that this is not the last you've seen of Kane, and 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 maybe Kane ties into this last bit of news here, which is um, the the term "superior Venom" was dropped in this in the December solicitations. Now we know Venom is the Flash Thompson Venom is being canceled in October, and then there's this big four part arc kicking off in Superior Superior, which is going to be actually co written by Chris Gage. Um, and one of those issues, they talk about a Spidey Venom showdown against the superior Venom and that Spidey's going to be in trouble because of this. So who is the superior Venom, Dan? I don't know, but I had a thought that like, you know, both the Venom and Kane books are being canceled at basically the same time. Why not combine the sales for both of those books and create a new character, Kane wearing the Venom suit? I mean... Both books already had a similar take on a character. You know, it's like the hard-edged Spider-Man. Why not make those two together, the hard-edged, you know, Spider-Man? And that way, the symbiote is finally going to get what it wants, right? Being attached to Spider-Man. Why not? Yeah, a Spider-Man with no morals. I mean, that that would be an interesting concept. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that's just kind of done with the Venom symbiote. I mean, I know Marvel will never be done with Venom because there's still this belief that it draws money and i think it does initially but i mean you know those venom series even going back to the 90s never lasted more than a handful of issues because it's just not an interesting enough character to maintain over the long haul plus i don't even know if marvel wants the long haul anymore they seem to be you know most the fact that venom is ending at issue 42 and that's the, the highest numbered title in the entire marvel universe right now it just kind of shows where where the comic book industry is not just where marvel is in terms of how it numbers things and how far along it lets things get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I, I wonder if this could lead to a launch of a superior Venom book. I mean, they seem keen on putting superior in front of everything, even changing Avenging Spider-Man to superior Spider-Man team-ups. You know, it just it seems like that's their like new goal with the Spider-Man titles, and maybe use this instance to relaunch a Venom book with a different 
um, creator on it because the book was doing well under Remender. I think it was really just people were not digging what Bun was doing with the series. So maybe th- that's their plan. I, I don't claim to know, but uh, I will be interested to see where it's headed. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess our last little bit of news, and this came out in an interview with, with Gage, right, um, in terms of uh, our, our our good friend Dan Slott, um, seems to be taking out a third title, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is exactly the quote that Gage gave us, and he said, I talked to Dan Slott, Steve Wacker, and Ellie Pyle about co-writing this arc back when I was working on the last one, No Escape, in Superior Spider-Man 11 to 13. Dan's writing three books a month now, two issues of Superior Spider-Man, and one issue of a secret, yet-to-be-revealed title. But I know what it is, and it's going to be awesome, which is a bigger workload than he traditionally had. So periodically, it helps if I come in and script off his plots. And when I first read that, I thought maybe he's just writing one issue of a book. But rereading it now, I, I realize that he's writing three separate issues monthly. Um, and I, I don't know. Do you have any theories about this? Uh, I had two. that came, that One that I came up with and one that someone speculated with me that and both make sense. There's the infamous Silver Surfer theory, which I don't know if you remember. I, I forgot what event it was, but there was some con or something where – Slot had his like laptop out and was projecting it, and there was like a folder on his desktop that said Silver Surfer on it, which just seemed very odd. <laughs> um, it does I mean, seem like something Slot would do just to mess with people, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had the inf- the infamous Miguel O'Hara Twitter thing with 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 Stegman, so or was it Ramos, whoever it was? But um, yeah, it, I mean, we know that he's king of misdirection. The other one that was brought up to me though is, I guess, uh, Matt Fraction is leaving Fantastic Four. And that seems like a book Slot would love to do. And I thought I remember reading somewhere Slot saying that he would love to do Fantastic Four. Um, that seems to be right in his wheelhouse in terms of being like a Marvel historical continuity buff, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I actually think that that book would be really uh, well suited to his uh, you know, direction. He likes these kind of like zany ideas and quippy characters. And that book is all about that kind of stuff, even more so than Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man is, you know, more street level, but Fantastic Four could do all these crazy time door things like without even batting an eye. I mean, Slot's human, you know, Johnny Storm in the, in the Human Torch Spider-Man miniseries was great. I loved it. I, I thought, thought the character was fantastic. And, and, I wasn't a huge fan of the Future Foundation arc when it launched an Amazing Spider-Man a few years ago, but like, they, he, Dan packed in a lot of like Fantastic Four history into those issues. So he, you know, like this is, you know, he's always described himself as the biggest Spider-Man fan, but I'm gonna guess that he probably has similar reverence for Fantastic Four. So. Um, those seem to be two good theories. And then, of course, the th- I guess the other theory is some random title that is connected to Spider-Man somehow, whether it be Superior Venom or Spider-Man 2099 or something. But I don't know. So, Mark, I hear you've got a, a big event coming up uh, in October. Yeah, um, I was I was contacted by the, the great people at New York Comic Con that that uh, Chase and Amazing and Superior Spider Talk have received credentials to to attend New York Comic Con, the the biggest event on the East Coast. 
Um, so I will be there. I, I tend to be there for as much as the four days as I can be. Uh, they, they actually just recently announced the panels. Looks like the Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man panel is going to be the last panel of the weekend. So that should be a hoot. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can kind of maintain the routine of what we've been doing from these cons. Uh, you know, talking to some people, getting some interviews up. Uh, I mean, everybody under the sun is going to be at this event. Um, so it's just going to be a question of finding the time to, to sit down and, and get, you know, chat with them for 15, 20 minutes. But, uh, you know, I have high hopes and, and, and hope we can, we can generate some good content. Yeah, everybody under the sun will be there except for lonely old me. Oh, Dan, you, you need to save your money and, and, and do other things in Maryland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love you, to be in New York, though. I know, I know. I I, I really want to get you here. Um, you know, the it's just ah, now I feel bad. Well, anyway, looks <laughs> like it's time for us to go. <laughs> On that sad note, no. So Dan, where can we find your 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 beautiful things? Well, of course, you can always find me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin, and you can read all of my movie reviews at grindmyreels.com. What about you, Mark? You can find me at Chasing Amazing Blog, www.chasingamazingblog.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Chasing ASM Blog. You can like me on Facebook at Chasing Amazing. And you can also find my gimmick or good column on Comics Should Be Good. All right. Well, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.podomatic.com or find us on iTunes by searching Superior Spider Talk or really just Spider-Man. And if you do, please leave a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing. And, of course, like we just did, we'll read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions, email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com and we'll address and read them on the air. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk. Well, Dan, this has been a beautiful time once again, even if we weren't huge fans of the issue. I, 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 I always have fun talking about these comics, but... You know, before we go, let us remember the event, the advice of Great Uncle Ben. With great podcasts, must also come Superior Spider Talk. Mm-hmm.